Hey guys, welcome to Wi-Fi Matters. A quick PSA before we start this episode. If you have not watched Stranger Things season four, or for that matter, any single season of Stranger Things, stop listening to this podcast and please go watch it. And no, I will not share with you my Netflix password. As you can tell from the title of this episode, today I wanted to talk to you about nostalgia's role in the economy and consumer decision making. So nostalgia is defined as a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. And companies do a very good job of capitalizing on our nostalgia. One of the main reasons why I wanted to talk about nostalgia and this topic is because I am back in my Stranger Things obsession phase, which typically arises every three years, basically whenever they release a new season. I am a huge fan of Stranger Things, for those of you who don't know. I started watching this show in... I think 2017 or maybe 2018. Um, But yeah, I was 11 for Halloween in eighth grade. I had kind of short hair back then, so I slicked it back and I donned on black eyeshadow to resemble her from season two, which was 11's, you know, punk rock era. And then in ninth grade for Halloween, I became the most amazing person ever, Steve Harrington, by simply wearing my a My Name is Steve sticker, um, and I also pasted the Scoops Ahoy logo. I cut it out and just stuck it to my shirt. So yes, it was a very last-minute Halloween costume. But anyway, some of you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, and shame on you. But Stranger Things is a show that really does feed on the cravings of 80s nostalgia. It does it very, very well. You know, even though... I wasn't obviously born or born in the 80s. After watching the show, I believe that I was I believe that I was born to live in the 80s. Like it makes me even feel a longing for this decade that I wasn't even alive in. And literally every part of the show has some sort of thing that triggers a nostalgic sentiment in viewers, like the music They have some of the best music out of all the shows that I've watched. Like, they have The Clash, they have Madonna, Every Breath You Take, they have so many, so many good songs. Like, I really badly want to show up to school in a 1979 Chevrolet blasting Rocky Like a Hurricane, like Billy does in, I think, season two. Like, no other song will suffice. But... Yeah, I just love all of the different music they incorporate, the 80s music, and no, I did not know who Kate Bush was before watching Stranger Things season 4, which I'm kind of upset about, but now I'm a huge fan of her music, um, so even the toys they have and the games and just the clothes, the whole vibes, like, I'm living in the 80s vicariously through watching the show, basically, but... Stranger Things isn't the only thing that employs nostalgia to its advantage. In fact, Netflix, as many of you probably know, if you don't, you're living under a rock. Netflix is not thriving. And one of the reasons why it's not doing well at all is that Netflix must create everything from scratch. Like, all of the Netflix originals are productions that are from scratch and the shows that they have on the on Netflix or the movies that they have on Netflix 
um, the ones that aren't originals, they're not necessarily the shows that everyone really badly wants to watch. Like, they're from a long time ago, or they weren't highly rated. So, basically, Netflix is not thriving. But Disney, on the other hand, has been doing fairly well. And it's because it has a plethora of characters that can be used in films that are going to be spin-offs or prequels or origin stories. So Disney might be one of the best companies that uses the nostalgia of the past and they sneakily win over consumers and get us to watch awful reboots or spin-off movies and I'm talking from past experience. In fact, I just watched the new Buzz Lightyear movie. Why, you might ask? Because I absolutely love Toy Story movies and I was also I think I was Buzz Lightyear in a play when I was like four. I don't really remember, but I remember I had like a line that was like to infinity and beyond. But anyways, Toy Story has definitely been one of my favorite like movie franchises. But let me tell you, I thought that Lightyear, which just came out, was one of the worst movies that I've ever seen, period. It wasn't funny at all. Chris Evans, who voice acted for Buzz Lightyear, was so monotone that I couldn't get any emotional feelings from watching it, and the plot was hella confusing. Like, I don't even know what happened. So, it was not a good movie, but obviously I went and watched it. See how Disney kind of... I guess they mooch off a lot of the hard work that they put in a long time ago, you know, 20 years ago, whenever the first, in the 90s, the first Toy Story came out. So Disney put in a lot of that creative work and energy so many years ago, and now they can milk it. I do not judge them at all for this business model because it's clearly the right strategy. I feel like all of the movies that I've seen from Disney in the past few years have either been like live action remakes or spin-off series just think about it like Dumbo, Aladdin, The Lion King, um, The Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast, Mulan, now Lightyear. They're, Disney is clearly tapping into the effect nostalgia has on us consumers and they're basically just regurgitating all the past work hoping that People, like myself, will go pay money now to see what they could have seen in a theater back in the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. So, I think Dis- I just think Disney is a really good example of a company in the entertainment industry that's been able to exploit nostalgia for economic profits, but it's not just the entertainment industry that does this. According to a research paper titled The Value of Historical Nostalgia for Marketing Management, advertisements that have a nostalgic appeal to them are more likely to make the viewer like the brand or the company. And then the fact that the viewer likes the company will entice them to go buy the product. And according to an article by a Vassar professor of behavioral economics, Benjamin Ho, it's not that we've run out of fresh ideas, it's that the old ones are safer money-making bets. Basically, Professor Ho argues that the effectiveness of using nostalgia for economic gain comes from 
the economic, the competing economic forces of depreciation and appreciation. So these are kind of technical, fancy economic terms. But in terms of depreciation, for most consumers, we like to find something new. Like, I love to explore. I love to find something that's different. We have this desire to seek things that are new. It's always about the novelty of the experience for humans. And as Professor Ho puts it, the first slice of cake is always better than the second, basically. And in addition to depreciation affecting what we consume, according to Professor Ho, it can be counteracted by appreciation, which is the fact that some things gain value as they age. The best example is wine. Um, Another good example is like video games. So video games can... uh, be very, very popular when they come out, and then they can rise or even gain even more popularity and demand over time, like The Legend of Zelda and things like that. So in his article, Ho brings up Marvel as a really great example of a company that has appreciated over the years. According to Ho, during our teen and young adult years, we like to explore a lot. I totally agree with this. So Marvel fans who were teenagers when the comics were really popular and um, when the comics were in their prime, now they're spending so much money to watch the movies and be a part of the Marvel fandom in 2022. These adults are nostalgic for the comic book days, basically. And in addition to this, teenagers like myself and younger kids, you know, we're experiencing the novelty of Marvel right now. So if you add the economic spending of teenagers and my generation, and then if you add it with older generations, basically Marvel is making a whole lot of money. These two demographics are helping Marvel become the big entertainment powerhouse that we know it to be today. And this is basically going to be a perpetual cycle. However, I do not think I can watch a remake of Infinity War. It was just too good. Anyways, I hope you all learned something during this episode. I certainly did while researching all of this. I'm definitely going to put the articles in the episode description, some of the ones that I thought were in particular Um, very helpful for me to read. So make sure you go check those articles out and also check out Wi-Fi Matters Instagram and comment on our latest post um, and comment what remakes or spinoffs you would want to see in the future. Thanks for listening and I can't wait to talk to you next time.